Anybody grateful for a God that loves us and is never going to fail us? You can put your hands together whether you know it or not. He has never failed you yet. He has never failed you yet. And he's not going to start today. I promise. So we love Jesus. We're thankful for him. Before you have a seat, look to the person next to you and say, it's so good to have you in church. Find your seats and we're going to get started with the word tonight. Amen, amen. So good to be here tonight. Welcome to church. So good to have you guys as we wrap up this series, Mind Matters. This is the last uh, message tonight on it. Has it encouraged anybody? Has it been challenging to anybody? The mind, just our thoughts, what we let into our mind matters. And we've been really preaching and teaching and showing you guys that, that Jesus desires nothing more than to dwell in your mind. That's his space. That's his space to take over. And so before we jump in, I just got real quick two things that we're going to need you to be involved with. Is that all right as the church? The first is this. We need prayer. We need prayer. Here's why. As of June 1st, so two months, about two months, June 1st, we no longer will be able to meet in this room. (laughs) So that means we're kind of homeless as of June 1st. Well, we're trusting God, and we're going to pray, and we're going to ask you guys to join with us to pray, because we need another space to meet. Now, there's some potentials for different things, different avenues, and we're just trusting God to speak to us, but it's good when the church gathers around to pray for that stuff. So can you join with us to pray? That's not just on your pastor to just pray that. No, we need you guys to pray with us. Amen? So we need a new space to meet. Amen? And we're praying for a morning service, too. So praise God for that. Maybe that's the next space that we could have. So we're asking you guys to pray and join with us. The next thing that Pastor Zach mentioned was our Good Friday service. Each one of you have a, a little envelope on your seat. You might be sitting on it still. If you didn't see it, walking in. Newsflash, there's something under your butt. It's a little packet. It's got some seeds in it. It's not a noisemaker, right? This is an invitation. This is an invitation for you to go out to the streets, to your workplace, to your school, to the Uber driver, to the barista, whoever you come in contact with, it's an invitation to invite them to our Good Friday service. So I challenge you, use that this week. Give it to somebody. If you want more, there's more on the back table. But we, we are believing for this place to be packed out. So packed that we might have to do two services on Good Friday. Amen. You can say amen. There's a level of faith I'm looking for tonight. Amen. So we're going to believe and trust that. But mind matters. We're going to dive right in here. If you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 16. Mind matters. The sermon tonight is entitled, Open to Receive. This is going to be good. It's going to be real good tonight. And we're going to pray for some people here in a minute. It's going to be an awesome night. People are going to walk out of here transformed, changed, different than the way you walked in here. But open to receive. Before I read this passage, I just want to give you a little... Heads up of what's going on here, all right? Because every time we read the Bible, we want to give you just a quick context of what's happening. Because some of you may walk in here, this is the first time that you're ever reading this, and that's okay. If you don't know where Corinthians at, you can look on your phone. It's going to be on the screen in a second. Ask the person next to you. There's also an amazing thing called a little uh, section of contents, whatever it's called in here. It lists everything in there. So if you don't know and you have a Bible and you're like, where is it? Just open up those first couple pages. They'll give you the number. Amen? Just wanted to throw that out there. But a little background, Paul's teaching to this church, Church of Corinth, and at this time, this church is corrupted. A lot of stuff has happened in this church, and Paul is pleading for them to get back, to come back. There's issues arising in the church. You want to know what the issues are? Well, one of the issues that we're going to talk about tonight, 
People are letting stuff in their minds that didn't belong. People are allowing teaching and things to happen that had no place in this. And Paul's addressing the church. He's writing a letter, a strong letter, saying, hey, listen, you've listened to some wrong stuff. Some stuff has cut, cut you off. It's, it's knocked you off the path. Get back to it. The solution to your problem, Jesus died for you, and he's given you his mind. So take on the mind of Christ. Paul's talking to a mixed group of people. This city was very, this is what I want you to catch, very, 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 very intellectual. There's nothing wrong with smart people. I'm not one of them. Thank God I got some people around me that are a lot smarter than me. But these people were desiring to be the smartest people of all time. Can I just say that? You with me? They wanted intellect. They wanted to just know, 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 know everything and be know-it-alls. <laughs> they wanted that. And Paul was like, whoa, stop, cut it. You need the mind of Christ. If you want to do anything in this life, you need the mind of Christ. You need the wisdom of the Spirit. Tonight, that's what we're going to discover. You with me? Amen? So I'm going to read it tonight. It's going to be on the screen. It's verse 6. It says this. Paul writes, we do, however... Speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. He's talking to the city, remember that. We, who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery, yes, that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That is a powerful statement. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. That is a powerful promise. If you want to pray anything, you want to say anything over and over again, quote that every day you wake up. That is a promise. Amen? This is interactive church. Continues and says, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept these things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgment, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we... But you, but church, we have the mind of Christ. Amen? Jesus, these are your words. We trust you. We thank you for them. God, you are good. You are merciful. We honor you. We bless you. May these words tonight be your words, Holy Spirit. Not mine. Completely yours. Speak. Pierce hearts. Pierce minds. Father, we trust you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. 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 Mind matters. Open to receive. How many of you love getting gifts? You can, you're liars. If your hands are not up, you're a liar. You all love getting gifts, right? You love it. You could be extremely upset with somebody. 
But they could call you on the phone and be like, hey, man, I want to meet up. I know your birthday was last week. They didn't show up to the party, right, so you're mad at them. But they're like, hey, man, I want to give you your card. I have your gift. You're like, oh, sure, totally. I'll meet with you. What time, what place? I'll be right there. We are like that. We, no matter what is going on, we enjoy getting gifts. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. No, you're all, you're all shaking your heads. You enjoy receiving gifts. See, there was a time, and my brother's here tonight, and my sister and her brother-in-law are here. My brother-in-law, a.k.a. my brother, are here. My sister's pregnant with baby number two. It's awesome. This is the first time here. So can we welcome them? They're great. They're amazing. They drove in from the suburbs. This is a, this is a moment, though, right? Christmas. <laughs> they know where I'm going with this. Christmas. Every Christmas, we went to my grandma's house, my dad's mom. And every Christmas, I, I don't know the reasoning, I don't know the explanation, but we were very, very fortunate to have a grandma that we knew when we walked into the, her door, there was going to be gifts for all six of her grandbabies. See, her grandkids were her everything. So she spoiled us. I'm just going to be honest with you. We were spoiled. I don't know how old I was exactly, maybe seven or eight. So every year leading up to that, I knew the moment I walked in the door, I was open to receive. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't care what happened. I don't care what was going on. I was about to receive some gifts, and they were going to be good. But see, this Christmas, I walked in the door, right, stepped in, and I start making my way because this was the kind of kid I was. I'm the first one over to the piles, right? I'm kind of measuring whose pile is a little bit taller. Don't shake your head and judge me. You've all done it. On Christmas morning, you're like, why does that get, look like a little bit more than that? Why is that a little higher? Why is that big box over there? And I got this little box. You've all done it. And I'm sitting there going, man, see, I see my brothers. I see my sisters. I see my cousins. I don't see mine anywhere. <laughs> like, I don't see a box anywhere. So I'm like, you know what? I've asked for this really big gift. Maybe it's in the back closet, and they're going to wheel it out, and there's going to be a parade, and everything's going to happen, Right? It's going to be awesome because I'm open to receive. How many of you know, we start opening up gifts and we had to go in order, right? So my brother went, then it was me next because I was the next oldest. And I'm looking at everybody going, I don't have any gifts. And my dad's looking at me like, son, find the gifts. You have gifts. They're here somewhere. Like smacking me in the back head. I said, dad, I don't have any gifts. Now I'm like crying. Like, dad, I, stop. Can you just bring it outside of the closet? Like, I don't, I don't have anything here. My grandma goes, oh, shoot. She goes, my Philip. That's what she called me. It's so nice. My Philip. <laughs> she's now crying. I'm crying. She's crying. It's a cry fest. I'm just waiting for this big gift to pop out. She goes, my Philip, I forgot about you this Christmas. <laughs> Am I lying? I go, Grandma, you forgot, you forgot about me this Christmas? <laughs> what? I go, you would she goes, no, legitimately, I don't have anything for you, nothing. Take one of your brother's gifts and open it, and we'll go shopping with you. I don't care. I, de I forgot you. I've gone to counseling. I've dealt with it internally. I've forgiven her. I was all about receiving. I was ready to receive some gifts. She wasn't ready to give some gifts. She wasn't prepared. Church, we have a Father in heaven. If you are ready to receive a mind of his, he is ready to give it to you. See, he didn't forget about you. Thank God for that. Thank God that he wasn't like grandma. I love her to death. It's such a bad thing. If she was here, if she, was here she would smack me. 
We have a Father in heaven that hasn't forgot about you. We have a Father in heaven that hasn't looked past you. We have a Father in heaven that wants to meet with you. He desires nothing more, actually, than to meet with you. He desires nothing more, actually, than to give you amazing gifts. Gifts that are from heaven. Gifts that come directly from his throne room to you. And oftentimes those gifts are his mind, his thoughts, his way of thinking. See, it's amazing that that scripture tells us what he has in store for each and every one of you that love him. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've confessed with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord. You're a follower of Jesus. You may not be doing everything correctly. That's okay. He's going to get you back on course. Grace is amazing and mercy is amazing. But if you're a follower of Jesus, he's endlessly pursuing you. He's endlessly going after you. No matter what you've done, he's still coming for you. I promise. We don't cheapen grace in that moment. See, but the problem is, is that we don't receive that grace. But the promise is, and it says it, and Paul writes it, it says what he has in store for those that love him. You can't even put your mind to it. See, the gifts he has for your mind are the ones that are waiting in that closet. They're the big ones. See, he didn't need to wrap a bunch of little ones. He didn't need to make sure that he went to the store and got all these little tiny gifts. No, he's got a big one waiting for you. It's called eternity with him. But more importantly, it's called eternity with him right now on earth. It's called a walk with him. It's called a daily salvation with him. Oh, I'm going to preach. He's got great things in store. He's got dreams and plans and visions for you in store that you can't put your mind to. The problem is we're not open to receiving it. Oh, I'm guilty. I say it all the time. What I say to you guys, trust me, I get worked over this all the time. There's times that I don't want what he has for me. I don't want the thought life that he has for me. I want my thoughts because my thoughts are better. I'm smarter. Why do you all think you're smarter than God? Just a question. Rhetorical question. You all think you're smarter than God sometimes. I think I'm smarter than God sometimes. I'm a moron. No, I, I really, really, we think sometimes I know my ways better. I know my thoughts are better. I know, God, what you think you have in store for me, I don't want it. But instead he's telling and Paul's pleading with the church going, no, stop. The things that the Spirit of God has in store for you are amazing. No words can be put to them. Nothing can touch them. See, tonight, the mind, the God space, is where we receive three things. We receive wisdom. We receive an understanding of our freedom, and we receive the ability to make spiritual judgments. We're going to cover this. We're going to cover this. But we receive secret wisdom, his wisdom. We receive the understanding to know that we are free, and we receive the ability to start making some decisions with him each and every day. But see, you guys need to know something. How many of you know that if you're renters in the room, anybody rent an apartment, have to have a deal with the landlord? Me, Jordan, that's awesome. See, I have OCD. I'm a clean freak. I'm a neat freak. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. She has something out in the bed, it's put away in two seconds. She's like, where did that go? And I'm like, I don't know. 
But how many of you know that as renters, oftentimes, if you've rented a car from Enterprise, you drive that thing like you're in the NASCAR 5000. You drive that thing to the ground because it ain't yours. See, if you rent an apartment, nine out of ten times, you ain't going to treat that place like it's yours because it ain't. You're going to trash it at times. You're going to let people come in, walk with their shoes on in the carpet. That ain't happening in my house if I own it. You're taking your shoes off. You're welcome to my house anytime we love you. But you're going to take it off. If you own the house, you're going to be a little bit more peculiar on what goes on in your house. You're not going to let certain people come into your house. You're not going to let people take stuff from your house. See, Satan is renting your minds. Oh, he is. He's renting them. And with renters, he's destroying some stuff. He's taking some stuff. He's putting some stuff, some furniture in there that you didn't pick out. More importantly, God didn't pick it out for you. See, Satan is renting minds tonight. But you know what? Good news. God's here to buy your mind back tonight. Amen. See, God already bought your mind back. I shouldn't even say that. He already bought it back. It was Jesus on the cross. Amen. You could say amen to that. Amen. He's here to own. He's here to operate. He's here to run your mind. That's not a control thing. Oh, see, we love that in the church today. The moment you say God's going to start operating my mind, that's a control thing. I'm out. Peace. No. No, trust it. T take it from me. I tried to let myself run my mind for many years. And I got family in this place tonight that prayed me through a lot of stuff because I was running my own mind. I was running recklessly. My thoughts were being rented. My ways were being rented. And I said, I'm done. I want the mind of Christ. Christ, own my mind. Control my mind. I want you, and I want what you have for me. Is this encouraging you? See, the past couple weeks, we've talked about what we need to maybe get out of our minds, the things we need to clear out of our minds. Tonight, I want to put some stuff into your minds. More importantly, he wants to put some stuff back into your minds. He wants to take the old beat-up couch, that old futon that all you and your roommates all slept on through college and the seven years after. He wants to take that couch, he wants to throw it off the balcony, light it on fire, and he wants to put a brand-new lazy boy couch in your place. That's what I'm praying for. In Jesus' name. A little plug there. Pray for a brother. He wants to own. He wants to operate. He wants control. So three things tonight. Three things that I think that he wants to place back in your minds. Is this making sense? Is this encouraging you tonight? The first is this. The mind is open to receive his secret wisdom. Take notes. This is good. The mind, your mind, you can make the decision to receive his secret wisdom. Verse 6 and 7 says this, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that has, God has destined for a glory before time began. A mystery, wisdom that has been hidden, secret wisdom. Do any of you know, want to know the secret things of God? Can I get a show of hands? Because if you're putting your hands up, you're saying, I want the secret things of God. See, Proverbs 2, 8 through 9 says this. This is talking about the, the benefits of receiving wisdom. It says this, for he guards, for God guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. 
See, when Jesus speaks, when he gives you that secret wisdom, you start to know the things that you should be doing. He makes straight a path. He straightens out a path that's crooked. He brings you back in line with him. He puts you back in his will. He gets you moving on the path that you were always intended to be on with him. Well, how do I get there? You get with him in his secret wisdom. You get with him in the quiet place. How do you get secret wisdom? You get in that secret place with him. That sounds creepy and a little weird. No, see, if I, if I were just to marry my wife without knowing her, without knowing everything about her, without knowing her deepest things, how many of you know we wouldn't be healthy? <laughs> we probably wouldn't be married. See, I wanted to know her. I wanted to know her intimately. I wanted to know the things that were about her that nobody else knew. I wanted that intimacy with her. But she knows I want that intimacy deeper with God. I want that intimacy, I want that place so intimate with God that I receive some of the craziest things that he is not sharing with anybody else. That he has laid out perfectly for each and every one of you. The secret stuff. See, a secret, you better be a good secret keeper. If you're not a good secret keeper, you ain't going to hear some stuff. But he wants to tell you the things that maybe the world is saying, that's who you should be. He wants to say, push that out, take me. Take my secret wisdom. There's two examples that I think are so profound in Scripture. The first, about showing you that, man, you know what? Sometimes we want to receive the worldly wisdom over the secret wisdom. Garden of Eden. Where we all began. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Adam and Eve. Anybody else mad at them? I'm mad at them. Probably the first people I talk to in heaven. Yo, Adam, come here. I want to talk with you for a second, bro. I had this in store, and now I got this. Can you, can you explain this to me, buddy? You couldn't tell her to stop eating? Like, you couldn't tell her to stop? You couldn't be man enough? Let me just say this, too. Pause. <laughs> Men. You. How do I say this? <laughs> Y'all need to step up. Amen. Can I just say that? It's not in my notes. You need to step up. See, we joke all the time, man, Eve shouldn't have eaten that apple. She shouldn't have touched it. No, maybe Adam should have stepped up and said, no, Eve, we're not going to do that. I'm going to lead my th family in the things of God. I'm going to trust God. Maybe, just maybe, man, it's our time to rise up and take some, some stances. Amen. That's it. No, wait, no, ladies, don't clap. Uh-uh. Men, men are clapping. Praise God. Yeah, men, <laughs> men clap all day long. Some of the women are like, mm-hmm, talk to him. Get him. Another time, ladies, I'll get you. Don't worry. But see, the first thing, where they wanted the worldly wisdom. See, Adam and Eve were deceived by the evil one. The evil one said, hey, eat that apple, that tree that Jesus told you not to touch, go eat that. The tree of knowledge. See, knowledge and wisdom are different things. Knowledge puffs you up, the word says that. Things that you know, it puffs you up. It's a bad thing to be like, I got all the knowledge in the world, I know everything. Jesus isn't interested in that stuff, I promise said, hey, there's the tree. My wife showed me. I was like blown away. My wife showed me. We were talking about this. So they ate the apple of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. They were living in paradise. They were walking with God. They were in paradise. And they went after one tree. They had all the fruit that they wanted. <laughs> they had every fruit, every vegetable, every meat. They had it all. And they wanted one thing that he said, don't touch the knowledge of good and evil, the knowledge of this world, the things of this world, they went after it. And look what happened. 
we're here today. Thank you once again, Adam and Eve. But see, we do it all the time. Oh, don't be pointing the finger, JP, at Adam and Eve. We do it all the time. But see, so that's one example of them desiring the worldly wisdom. But here's another example of somebody that desired the secret wisdom. Solomon. See, Solomon became king. He was David's son. He was the youngest of David's sons. Solomon wasn't the one that should have been picked. But Solomon, and I'm paraphrasing, you can check it out. He's with God, and God says, basically, ask me for anything. What do you want? Solomon could have asked for anything. How many of you know if I'm sitting there, I'm asking him two things. I want to dunk. I want to be able to dunk a basketball. And I want to be able to hit birdies on every hole that I play golf. That's what I'm asking him for. My wife's like, that's what you're asking him for? Yeah. God, that's what I want. How many of us know we would have asked for a new house, new car, more money, the perfect girlfriend, the perfect boyfriend, this or that? We would have asked. I know it. We're all that way. It's not a bad thing. Solomon shows us a great example, though. He says, God, I just want wisdom and discernment. Imagine the thought that ran through God's head. We know it, but I just, this is how me and God interact. I think God would have been like, internally, that's, that's what you want. I can give you anything. You ask for wisdom and discernment. That's what you want? My guy. My dude. I'll roll with you. See, you want my wisdom and my discernment? And guess what? He was one of the most amazing men of faith in the Bible that we know about. He was awesome. He was incredible. Solomon asked for the secret wisdom and discernment of heaven. And he was called blessed. He was found to be blessed. Adam and Eve cursed. Solomon blessed, even though he was man, even though he was human, he said, God, I want your wisdom above all else. Give me your secret wisdom. Give me the knowledge that I don't have for myself. See, wisdom of God is this. It's pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. It's in James. Read it. That's what wisdom is. What wisdom are you walking around with today? Are you pure? Are you peace-loving? Are you considerate? Are you submitting? Oh, we don't like that word once again. Mm -mm. Can we erase that word? Are you full of mercy? And good fruit? Impartial? What wisdom do you want? Let me just say this. The world needs this wisdom. This isn't hard. I'm not coming at you. You guys are all like, man, this is tough. This is good stuff. See, the promise is that he wants to give it to you. You just got to ask. You got to be open to receiving it. He wants to give it. That's good news. You can be praising God for that. He just wants a heart that says, I want you. Give it to me. I want your secret wisdom. I want to know what you have. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know where you're calling me. Because maybe, just maybe, this is going to be a really good statement. Very hard. I'm prefacing it. Maybe, just maybe, if we keep desiring that, we wouldn't be like the ones that put Jesus on the cross. See, Paul writes it. He said, if these people at this time would have had the wisdom of the Spirit, they probably would have put Jesus to the cross. Now, that messes with my theology a little bit because Jesus had to go to the cross, right? So what's Paul saying? Paul's trying to speak to us that, hey, listen, the mindset still is, even though Jesus was destined to go to the cross, I would have wanted to been one of those people that said, no, Jesus, I don't want you to go to the cross for me. I don't want you to shed your blood for me. 
I'm, I love you, Jesus, but I don't want that pain for you, Jesus. See, just maybe we receive the secret wisdom. We know the plans God has in store for us. We'll receive the plans that God has in store for us because they're good. I promise you, they're full of life. You're getting wisdom. You're getting direction that's causing you death. It's not of God. Amen? Second thing is this. The mind is open to receive the understanding of God's freedom for our lives. Verse 11 and 12 say this. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not a spirit of the world. Catch that, church. It's not a spirit of the world, but it's the spirit who is from God. So that we may have under, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. See, Paul's trying to pursue them to get back to their first love, to open up their minds to the freedom that Jesus declared on the cross for them. That hey, listen, the freedom that God has for in store for you, the things that God has in store for you, they're amazing, they're powerful. He went to the cross for you. Get back to the freedom, the knowledge, and the understanding that the freedom is available. The freedom of Christ is available every single day. You're living in bondage, it's available. You're living in sin, it's available. You're living in past pain, words that have been spoken over your life, it's available to find freedom in Christ every day. I mean, what do I got to do to get you guys, that's good news. Every day you can wake up. Because Paul shows us that there is freedom when we receive his mind. There's freedom when we ask for his thoughts. You can wake up every day full of joy. What a concept. Happy. We all know that's not me. I've told you guys before. When that alarm goes off, I'm not very happy. But how many of you know when I get alone with Jesus in my quiet time in the morning, I want to leave there filled with joy, filled with freedom. Filled with, I don't care what's coming at me today. I don't care who's telling me what I need to do today. I don't care the things that are being said about me today. I don't care where I'm at today because it's not where I'm going to stay. Man, well, I'm going to preach. He wants freedom for your life. He wants freedom for your minds. And he wants to show you every single day. I went to the cross for you. I went to the cross for you. I went to the cross for you. I took that crown of thorns for you so that you could have freedom, that your mind and heart can be released. Released. Let go. Let it go and let God be God. Let go and let God be God. The last thing is this, and the band's going to come up. Nothing wrong tonight. Is this encouraging you? The mind is open to receive the ability to make spiritual judgments. The mind is open. When we say, I'm open to receive, we get to make some spiritual decisions. It's not a one-time decision. See, some people read that and they're like, I just get to make the decision just to be a follower of Jesus. That's not what he's talking about. I believe he's truly talking about making a spiritual decision every single day. Maybe spiritual decisions every single day. Oh, I... I believe we need this freedom more than ever today, especially in the church. We got people running around reckless in the church today. We got people doing whatever they want in the church today under the label of grace.
It's not what he has. It's not what he ever intended for us. He intended that we would come to know Jesus. We would receive that love and that grace that surpasses all understanding, that saves and redeems the deepest, darkest stuff in us. We receive that, but then every day we wake up, we put our feet on the ground, and we start walking day in and day out, knowing that, God, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to receive your wisdom so that when I step, I know that I'm making decisions in your kingdom. I know that I'm making impacts in your kingdom. I'm not stepping because the world's telling me to step. I'm not going and touching the things the world's going to touch. I'm stepping in spiritual wisdom every single day. The church is, we got a choice. We're going to either rise up, take a hold, or we're going to sit in the seats. We're going to sit on the sidelines. God's intention was for ne- never for you to sit on the sidelines. But see, it starts here. See, this is secure. We talked about that. You receive Jesus. This is, he, he has your heart. But Satan wants just nothing more than to hit that, to keep you in bondage, to keep you in fear, to keep you in lies, to grip you, to chokehold you, to squeeze you so that you can't breathe any longer. Because guess what? When you're not breathing, you're not doing anything for the kingdom. When you're not breathing, you're not doing anything for the kingdom because our commission here on earth is this. Two things. Love God, love people. Love God, show people Jesus. Love God, bring people with us to the kingdom of God. You want another mission statement of the church? You want another profound thing? That's our mission statement. But it starts with you every single day waking up, letting him remodel. Letting him buy back. Because maybe some days we've allowed renting to come back. But maybe just every day we wake up saying, God, no, you buy my mind back. You've bought my mind. My mind. I don't want renting anymore from the evil one. I want you to take establishment. I want this to be your home. I want this to be your place. I want this to be your thoughts. I want this to be your mind. Because I need to make some spiritual judgment, some spiritual wisdom needs to be held in my mind so I can make some calls, so I can make some decisions. Maybe you don't know where's next. Maybe you don't know what's next. Maybe you don't know how you're going to get through this trial that you're going through. Maybe you don't know, understand how your marriage is going to be restored. Maybe you don't understand how your son or daughter is going to come back to Jesus. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe you don't understand because you're not seeking the mind of Christ. And the word promises us. You don't need to know it all. You don't need to have it all together. You just need to show up. Showing up, God, I'm here. I want your mind. I want your thoughts. I want your heart. Because your heart for me is pure. Your heart for me is good. Your heart is full of mercy. And I promise you, church, we're finishing. I promise you this. When we ask for that, when we desire that, he never fails. When you call upon the name of Jesus, he is willing. He wants to meet with you. He wants to come down. So tonight, we're going to pray for some people. This isn't normal at the church. We don't do this all the time. I don't think we've ever done this. But tonight, I just really feel in my heart that we're going to pray for people right up here. Oh, shoot. He's calling people out. Up here? Uh-uh. I ain't going. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. 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 Stop that voice in Jesus' name right now.
We're going to pray for some people. Because maybe you need some new minds. Maybe you need to give over your thought life to him. Maybe you need to make some decisions in your life. Maybe you don't know the decisions that he has for you. Tonight he's speaking. Tonight he's showing. Tonight he's going to give you what you need. He's going to give you that gift that's waiting. He's not going to keep it. He's not going to forget about you. He has everything in store for you. He knows who you are. And so tonight, we're going to pray. So stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And just take a few minutes. Take some time between you and God. The band's going to sing, but just don't go anywhere. Just ask God, God, I want your mind. I want your wisdom. I want your secret wisdom. I want your freedom. I want to be able to make some decisions in my life. Ask him right now. Cry out to him. Plead with him.